Welcome to Fallout Podcast episode 84. I love to dance and it's Saturday again. It's a futile fall showdown. All 525 songs going head to head. Now in round two, Ultimate Hootsmon Eras. Split into two eras, 77 to 93 and 94 to 17. Thank you to Annotated Fall Few, Reformation Side, Track Record, Oh Brother Puritans, Falling Fives and All Them What Fall. Tonight, M5, Hashtag One versus Mountain Energy. Hex and Definitive slash Strife Not versus Mess of My, and Inevitable versus Last Commands of Exile or Threp via Mark Edward Smith. Joined, as always, by Pip Billy Willie Rugby. Dear Dope, if you want to catch us, you're going to need a rod and a line signed The Fish. How are you, Pippin? I'm feeling very good, thank you very much, sir. Very nice. Lord Sage Temple, put your car in aquarium. I would if I had a car. It's the best place for it. You're all good, Mr. <laughs> Very well, thanks. Good, good. Uh, Pemberton S. Walker, bring the wrath of the Druid Quarters. How's Al? Oh, all right. So, um, Pigeon getting its uh, brains pecked out by Seagull this week, which was fun. Cognado 06. Tiny Tim Twa over there on the other side. Chris Barra on holiday, and I'm Tria Beard O'Shaughnessy. Waters blocked by Dormant 3. Patreon chippings by Leon Jumble Sale, Michael E, and Max W, who says, I've upgraded to voters' rights. Shit just got real. So yes, round two. <laughs> My plan to sell voters' rights. <laughs> let's see how this goes, because now we've got two of them. Um, let's hope they don't team up. Thankfully, their votes cancel each other out tonight, so that's good. Um <laughs> So, so we got a guest coming on, Sean, but his shop's flooded. So, um, when when he sorted that out, he's just he getting was... his sewester while he's on, isn't he? So he'll be here in about an hour or two, won't he? So then, let's have a listen first up to uh, M five off Middle Class Revolt, um, whatever year that was, nineteen ninety four. Oh, straight away, didn't it? Because that you've disabled wine. They were supposed to play music. All right, there you go, lad. work for idle hands um as is customary pit what do you think of m5 well i'm glad we got a chance to play the the peel one in comparison because i i think there's a there's a few things about this tune first of all it's a killer tune at last last time this knocked out heat pep this is the tune that knocked heat pep out um i, I think it listening to the peel one you can totally tell why, because it's a great, noisy, raspy keyboard riff that keeps coming in, and it's it just makes the whole thing. We've we've waxed lyrical so many times about that touch, that little keyboard touch that they know how to do with tunes, and we've got a few tonight actually where uh, the keyboard comes in and just makes the song. And I think on that Peel version, it it works so well that noise, um, and it it's also a, a good indication as to some of the issues of that album, isn't it? Where the some great songs in it but the production kind of ruins it for a lot of people when i listen to this what the first thing that stands out is just how big 
the sound is it's like it's like a soundscape it's it's it feels to me more kind of big country than urban and that's the kind of tension within the middle of the song isn't it this whole idea of the urban and the rural and sort of the 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 the, the mix between the two um so i think it's it's quite a clever tune this um and uh, i'll i'll let you two wax about the 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 lyrics but i think musically um this is this is one of the best tunes on that album and uh and that listening to the peel version you can hear why it could knock out something as, as amazing as he pat yeah i think so i mean i've said it before middle class revolt gets a bad rap but the first half of it in my mind it is is pretty solid reckoning behind the counter m5 15 ways that cover of war and stuff hey is here hi sean how you doing oh yeah yeah uh yeah we've got a leaky bog there you go all right <laughs> <laughs> We're just having a listen to the first uh, first song at M5. What's um so Sean's a Wigan legend and I got him <laughs> on the show. Got him on the show because I, I heard that he hated the fall. Uh but a misnomer. Yeah, in reality, we'll see, won't we? What is your yeah. what, what are your thoughts on uh, this this group, these ruffians? What the the fall? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, he, Mark was a cunt, but I mean, he thrived on that anyway. Uh, so any time you ever saw him in Manchester and you went and talked to him, it went over, you could just see him kind of like, the, the more that you adored him, which obviously a lot of people did when you went, whenever you saw him out, he was more, the more dismissive he was. So it just became, he just said, fuck off, basically. Like, oh, I'm a big fan, blah, blah, blah. Fuck off. I'm having a pint. So yeah. Yeah. I, but, but, but I mean, I, I never went over and said, you're a massive cunt, I hate you. He probably would have liked it. Probably. probably. I don't know. I never tried it. He died before I got a chance. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens, isn't it? If you wait too long. Yeah, it is. I mean, I can't. <laughs> it's, not, it's not what I wake up every morning and think about telling Murky Smith to go and fucking throw himself in the canal. Do you know what I mean? But, but, Sean, you could, you could get a Ouija board out and give it a go that way if you wanted, you know. <laughs> never too late. <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I, I, you know, these things happen, don't they? <laughs> they do. So, yeah. We've told this story before, but me and Phil were in a band and we were doing a, a night and day cafe and we were sound checking and a doddery old chap comes in and he's sitting there with his pint and it's Smith, isn't it? So we launch into our most fall-esque song and he just, <laughs> look, he just looks at us dismissively and walks out, leaving his pint, walks, <laughs> leaves his pint on the table and literally just walks out the bar. Yeah, um, I can't. You know that that sounds about right. You try and please him, and he's not going to like it. No, no, so if you'd have gone over and thrown a pint on him, he might stay. Best mates, he probably could got done a number, done a number, done some um, birthday party covers. Tried <laughs> <laughs> a pavement cover. <laughs> You'd be better off playing the buzzcocks, but there you go. Yeah, yeah. So Ezra, what do you reckon to this song? We just had to listen to the M Five song, the first song on that list. But Ezra, what do you reckon to that song? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm more or less with Phil. Um, I, I had a listen on headphones to all the songs today because with a young and easily frightened child, it's not always a good idea to blow them through the speakers. And I felt like it sounded much better on the headphones, but as is with most of the middle-class re- revolt, can barely hear the fucking drums. Maybe you can hear a snare every now and again and there's no fucking bass at all so it, it, it it's a terrible fucking recording um the synth part which on the peel session is clearly a synth part sounded almost like a guitar part on the on the actual album but yeah the tune is fucking strong as strong as you need it to be and the the thing that i found interesting was like um where were we oh yeah so uh these lyrics here. So the man who pretends to know it, he knows it all, is destined for a mighty fall, gets into your house with cheer, then proceeds to take all you've got to offer. This is not an autobahn. It's an evil roundabout that leads to the Hayswain, and you never see good trains again. So some not particularly, you know, like uh, a bit of off-piece rhyming there for, for, for Smith, which is always nice. Um, and yeah, you know, I was like, what's a hay swain then? And it turns out it was a big hay wagon from back in the day. And so the interesting thing here is, you know, there are two paintings about hay swains. One of them is by Jim Constable. And it, it's like a kind of fairly revered, iconic hymn to agrarian uh, culture in the UK. 
and the other one would be the Hieronymus Bosch triptych, uh, oh, which, yeah. which I might have wrote down in my notes, but I can't read my handwriting well enough to find out what the actual title is. But it's something like the Hayswain's journey or, or just the Hayswain. But anyways, it's a triptych. The Hayswain triptych, apparently. There we go. And it, and it, it basically it shows how you come from the state of grace of Adam and Eve, making the mistake of thinking you can plant apple trees and then going straight to hell, cutting out a few chapters in the middle. But yeah, and so, you know, and, and this seems to be, <laughs> this seems to be like what he's generally aiming at is this idea of like celebrating agrarian culture in the UK and like kind of painting it as something to be aspired to or returned to. I mean, I had no idea clogs came back in the 90s, but according to the annotated fall, they did. Certainly didn't see anybody's wearing clogs around my town in the 90s but maybe maybe they did i don't know um and so yeah <laughs> it's interesting i mean it's interesting in insofar as he puts himself as a city man who hates the countryside and it's like well you know mark we didn't we didn't start off with cities you know we did have to get through all that agrarian business in order to create cities so, so it's just such an interesting stand to take that you would write a song about how and not the only song of course about how much you hate agrarianism and returns to the roots is um <laughs> conveniently overlooking the fact that you needed those roots is to get to your city but yeah smashing stuff funny is out aye indeed um he goes on about peasants a lot in luciani cnc j temperance curious orange new puritan and a bunch of other places he, he likes uh Likes to, um, he's a well-read punk peasant, isn't he? Is indeed. Sean, do you want to have a listen to this song again, or do you know which one we're talking about? No idea what you're talking about at all. Play, get, give us a blast of M5, Pip, uh, all right. by the man. I'll pop the peel on because it's the best one. Okay. So the, the people listening, they just played that. So they're just playing the same songs over and over again. Sean, what do you make of that song by the all, fall? Well, all the songs sound the same to me anyway. So the majority of them, well, everything just sounds like a bit of a dirge, which you might think is a bit strange coming from someone who likes listening to dirges. Uh, but it, it, it doesn't... Uh, the trouble with it for me is it doesn't have any hooks. just doesn't pull me in at all. It's not... It's neither poppy enough to have the melody to draw me in, and it's definitely not hard enough sounding to be crazy, wacky, zany. Look at me with me 18 pedals. It's just... It just, it just but do you know what? I'm not the man I used to be, so I don't hate it anymore. It just kind of washes over me a bit like rain. It's just... It's just... The it's just a thing that just I, like I said I didn't want to switch it off because I listen to Radio Six a lot these days and the stuff that comes on there just drives me fucking bananas. Uh, all that mumbling dog shit that people claims rapping these days is like it does me boxing. Uh, it's like yeah, it's mumblecore, it's great. It's just some fella talking about going to the shops and buying a packet of Jaffa cakes for fucking five minutes. It's bollocks. So that that I hate that. The falls just fall on the wayside for being irritating. It's not doesn't irritate me anymore like it used to. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, you know. But uh, there is, I mean, from the, all the all the tunes that he did that he did, the fall. Uh, there's maybe six or seven that I quite like. You know, uh, hit the north's a good tune. That's got got quite a good hook to it. Uh, what else is there? I mean, there's and a couple of covers that he did. All right. So yeah, I mean, like I say, it's not. I just don't understand the fascination with it the same way that I don't understand the fascination with a lot of things that people are obsessed with. I don't, you know, popular culture in general doesn't seem to get me the same way that it does everybody else. <laughs> I don't Fair know. Enough. Yeah. Fair enough. 
Oh, you know. this, is, this is rubbish, Al, isn't it? Well, the DLP version sounds a bit like U2. Um, awesome. The is bloody awful. Uh, but like the Peel Session version, like they're using to, you can actually use some like definition with the effects that they're using, which is all right. That with the keyboard's pretty good. And, and there's like a fairly solid sort of like um, rhythm section going on it. You've got like the big sound kind of like boiling away in the background. But I can see what Sean's saying about it kind of like it kind of just mushes up a little bit. But there is, there is a, a bit of a hook in uh, it's It's a... a there's energy to it. Don't really like middle class revolt too much, uh, but yeah, just the vocal delivery. It's a nice sort of chilled, reflective kind of um, love song to London from Mark Smith because everybody knows that he loved London. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure it's so much of a love song for him though. Really, it's just because I mean, he, uh, did he have much love for anything? I was second to piss you. <laughs> oh, sorry. Love, love potatoes. <laughs> loved his pint. Loved his mum. That's about it. Yeah, his sisters. Yeah, like, quite keen on rain apparently. Rain, and an Italian house with the big pianos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, do you know, I don't know if you had an, an opinion on that or not. Who knows? Again, maybe maybe I can get his Ouija board out and find out for us. All right. Here's, um, so I, I quite liked it, though, you know, kind of especially that Peel Session version, some nice, uh, you know, driving rhythms. But, yeah, it's mild. It's mild stuff, isn't it, really, at the end of the day? And like you say, it's that 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 uh, production. So the Peel Session's a bit nicer under the nice bed of guitar and synth playing off against each other. Sweet, sweet. And sigh on that, that, that funky snare. It's all a bit jittery. Uh, you'll never see me try to raise Kane. But you think a countryman would understand that the devil makes work for idle hands? Apparently, for, to be a real gentleman, you never wear brown shoes in the city, never wear a green suit, never have soup at lunch, and never use a comb. That's what W. H. Auden said. Um, well, I'm fine. Is, yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Passed all those tests. I'm a, I'm a pure gentleman. Um, Leon says, uh, I prefer the single version without the synth goblin funkabilly, he calls it. And then he goes off for a bit about a man called Oliver Payton from Britain's Greatest Menu who wore green suits. Um, Max says it's an absolute banger from not the best 90s album. Um, do the idle hands belong to people stuck in tailbacks or to country folks? Um, what does Tim think over there? Well, he has got uh, quite a bit to say. He's put a song of two halves for me. I really like the scree-like filtered guitar that creates a really nice texture and the overall rhythm of things is nice enough. But the underlying guitar chug and production are really indie and flaccid. Some nice turns of phrase, but all a bit naff and limp like the rest of the record. I like it. I, I'm going to push back on something Sean said, though, because I do think this has got, it's it's got a nice keyboard hook that comes in. I didn't play the Peel version, actually, my mistake. I played the album version then, but um, which is worth listening to. But it's also got this really subtle lyrical line that he keeps throwing in. It's, we've talked a few times about how Smith conjures stuff from nothing. It says M5, 6, 7 p.m., and he, just that little turn of phrase, I think, is is just, it's very clever, it's very gentle, it's very poetic, and it's just very atmospheric, given what he's talking about, you know, sort of driving down the motorway, the liminal space between the countryside and the urban and all that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. I, th- I think it's I think it's worth giving this song a bit of a, give it a, bit of a chance. Nicey, nicey. Um, news, breaking news, Justin. <laughs> um Krishnan Guru Murphy is going to be on the mm-hmm. new season of Strictly Come Dancing. You've seen that interview that he does. Why? Why? Are they Why? Always... This song is up against Mountain Energy off Real New Fall LP 2003. Let's have a listen to, to it. its uh, competitor, its competition. Nice, nice. Ezra, 
What uh, makes you of Mountain Energy? It's a nice one. They, they recorded the drums decently, at least. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem to be about as much. I mean, it, it's just about how the energy is coming from the mountain, getting blocked by things like lapsed of income lids and trees, and that stops some things from happening that maybe should happen. Musically, it doesn't put a foot wrong, like Country on the Click. It's a strong album, but it I don't feel like there's that much in the lyrics, and I don't feel like there's that much in, in his uh, delivery of them either. But yeah, you know, it's it, it's fair enough. It's a it's a it's a it's a jam, I suppose. Jam on toast, isn't it? But what, Sean? What did, what did you jam make of that delightful fall tune? Uh, well, like I say it sounded like Gary Glitter to me, but uh, I, I can do that. Yeah. Hang on a second. This second, this is a podcast thing. Are you at work? Are you shops I'm at work. Right yeah. Now? Just had some customers come in. Sorry, uh, who didn't want to really have me talking about Gary Glitter. Uh, it's not very good for business these days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's what the drum. That's what the drums sounded like. The actual drums sounded like something Gary Glitter would do. But the, then it just didn't do anything like Gary would have done, unfortunately. But I'm not trying to say that he's a good man. Well, indeed, yeah. You don't. You really don't want to follow his. Well, I mean, I don't. I don't want to follow either of the past. To be honest with you, uh, I mean, I'm fucking grumpy enough as it is. Like trying to fucking make it any worse. Uh, the song, again. I mean, it didn't. It didn't offend me. I, I mean, I, and in a way, I think that's probably that's probably one of the worst things that you could say to Marquis Smith is that it was just not. It didn't do much of anything to me. I didn't offend me. It didn't didn't want me to. I didn't want to throw a pint pots of piss at him if you have seen him play live and I'd probably just been stood at the bar having a drink while he played while he plodded on with his you know what what year was it from that uh 2003 oh right, okay so yeah that I mean he could have done that 10 years earlier and he still wouldn't have been very progressive with it would he really yeah. to be honest it was just plodding along bit of bit of a strumming I mean I, I mean I don't know I don't know how deep he was into being an alky at that point probably quite a lot so you don't you know, everything's written on the back of bag packets, isn't it? So, and you're in the pub, not not a rehearsal. So, you know, that's that's me done for that one. I think. Fair I don't enough. know if that was any good for you. Yeah, that was that was good. I'll, I'll make some notes and pass them pass them on to Mark about his professionalism. Um, the other thing I was going to the other thing I was going to say was uh, recently, well, recently about three or four years ago, bricks came in the shop, and uh, for. We, I can't remember what we sold. We sold her some clothes anyway. I think she wanted a corset, whatever. She was playing a band on the wall, and a, a mate of mine knows her, so sent her and said, oh, go in there, blah, blah, blah. She was really fucking miserable. Right. She, she, was, in, she was in for about an hour, and no matter what we said, she just went, uh, 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 uh. I mean, I did sell her something in the end, but she was a proper miserable cow, so there you go. I think that's about the only. If they talked to her about pugs, you'd have been all right. Probably, yeah. But I think that I think that's about all I've got, really. Apart from I used to see I used to see Mikey Smith every morning when I came to work. He was in trough because it was the earliest place to open. But as I as I walked to work, he was sat in the window, and it was alternately it was either him or it was Sean Ryder sat in the same seat. So, which is kind of I'll do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Maybe they did. Maybe they had musical chairs going with it. I don't know. Whoever's <laughs> tune was on the jukebox got to stay in that day. But yeah, that was that was kind of weird as you walk past this, the same spit seat and it was either Mackie Smith or Bleeding Sean Ryder sat in the same seat. Kind of odd, but there you go. So, so yeah, I, I think that's me done for that tune though. The insight. So I knew. I, I didn't expect this level of insight. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's all personal you know, hold back the, the curtain pulling back the curtain for us and the, the seedy working, world of manchester working in manchester for 15 years you know you pick up these bits and bobs don't you so um and i have the only other time i ever used to see him was in dry bar so like keith smith when i used to go in dry bar and that was like i don't know late 90s sort of thing he was always in there so funny enough i watched thingy the other day i watched 24 hour party people uh, for the first time last week, right? Uh, never watched it because it always looked fucking dire, but it looked like it was an absolute pile of shit. And as it turns out, I was right; it was fucking unwatchable, fucking horse shit. Uh, I, I hated every minute. What I, I thought Coogan was funny as Wilson, and I liked um, Gollum as uh, as Martin Hannett. 
if you go back and what if, well, if you go, I mean, it must have looked horrible when it came out. But in retrospect, looking at how it's filmed, the actual filmmaking capacity, it it looks the screen looks horrible all the way through. It's filmed. I, I could have done better on a Nokia. Seriously, it looks awful, uh, and the the acting in it is practically non-existent. But was, what I was going to say was the only good part about that film is the is the footage of inside Dry Bar and the Hacienda, which are both gone. Uh, Dry yeah. Bar's not, not not there anymore, and obviously the Hacienda's famously not there, uh, which is quite quite good if you you know if you never went in there. But it was quite good seeing the in- interiors of them places that you used to go to, and now you can't go to them. That was the that was the only plus point. Everything else, and as well, every time I met, I met uh, what's his name as well, who uh, Coogan played, leading fucking Wilson. Tony Wilson. Tony Wilson. Yeah, I hated him as well. I mean, the few times I met him, I really disliked him as well. Uh, so I really disliked him. He was a, I thought he was a fucking cock. Uh, but there you go. And another, actually, on that note, I went. I once did a tour with a band, and the uh, the guy who was the tour manager uh, was a really good mate with Tony Wilson. And one of the first things I don't know it came up, but one of the first things that came up was I think it was just after he died. Actually, Tony Wilson. I was like, yeah, I met him a few times. He's a fucking massive bell ending. He was he was one of my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, he was quite upset. I said, "Well, I'm not fucking. I'm not apologising because every time, the three, four times I met him, he was absolutely so dismissive. And I was only like, I was a teenager, and he was just like, uh, 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 fucking this. Like, Fuck off. Don't be a fucking prick. But there, there you go. I think I think that's the extent of it. I think that's all you're gonna get. It's me story wise. Fair enough. We'll we'll dig deeper as we go as we go further. But Al, what do you think of this song about mountains? <laughs> I said, don't mind this one. It's quite sort of minimal. Um, you've got that sort of like glam rock like drum thing which uh, Sean picked up on. But I thought the bass line was quite monksy. And um, if you listen to like the guitar effects, it's like the trem on it is a, a bit kind of like Link Rare. Um, and I do kind of like the way that the keys and the guitar sort of like drop in and drop out, and it's mostly sort of like rhythm section going on. But it's, it's like dead minimal, quite pleasant, you know, quite sparse. Indeed, quite nice. You can't hear that, right? You can't hear me playing that tune. Oh, no. So, no. um, what does Tim think to this song? Well, I'll tell you. He's put this one has a great sound and makes the most of plodding feel. Great backing vocals and a nice shifting overall instrumental texture. I think the lyrics are a bit questionable and a little embarrassing in places. And I always cringe at the fish thing for some reason. Feels really out of place to me. Overall, a good track. Fish thing's particularly bad. Um, in a in a tune that I really do quite like, although it's not one of my favorite ones on the album. Um, but yeah, the the this is there's a Prince song where he he does the joke. Uh, like in he sings the joke um why is your organ so small i'm sorry i did not know i'd be playing in a cathedral and it's like there's no there's no um there's no need for that kind of humor in rock and roll music <laughs> i like the tom's start and there's like the bass is a little bit distorted set up setting up for mez and it, it's quite minimal it's quite um it's quite low and then you get those sweet backing vocals and those oohs and those uh and uh smith scarred it's got a kind of mountain flowing kind of vibe they said to get a mortgage you need an income i thought it was free Dolly Parton and Lord Byron, they said patriotism is the last refuge, but now it's me. And the water is flowing down the mountain, but a tree is blocking the water. Um, why, does he say, why, does he, why does he attribute the quote to uh, Dolly Parton and Byron? Because I thought it was an Oscar Wilde quote about patriotism is the last refuge of the scoundrel. <laughs> Samuel, Johnson, I, Samuel Johnson, I heard, was uh, who said patriotism is the last refuge of the scoundrel. So I don't know. They why. all said it. They all said it, didn't they? Eddie, Eddie you just said it. it then, Brendan. I heard you. Yes, you said it, yeah. I, I said it first. Um, <laughs> but I think he's actually meaning, you know, I mean, he's saying that now the last refuge is me. Like, patriotism is the last refuge of MES. Ah, yes. uh, okay. You can see why Dolly Parton might say that right she implies it in a lot of her songs she M-E-S, certainly does m-a-s-v-i-c-e yeah yeah exactly mm. one of leon one of the best tracks from their best 2000s album low-key glam stomp about financial warnings and credit great vibe says but what, what does phil think about this tune that's what's important i i i think it's really nicely put together this i think the construction of it the arrangement of the tune is is quite clever 
they they do something a little bit different with it. I know I know what for those more sort of dissenting voices like uh, Ezra and that it's it's not the greatest tune they've ever done, but I do think it's got a lot going for it. And I think the keyboard riff, just like the last one, is kind of what brings it all together. I think it's a really lovely motif that. Um, and I think it's another it's another example of how um, they kind of miss Eleni when she goes. Uh, I think it's it they, they work so well together this band with Eleni and that it's uh, you you can always tell when she's not there it's a big gap. But yeah, I like this too. And I, I quite like the lyrics to this. I think the the sort of mundane to the zen kind of stuff is uh, is quite nice. In fact, yeah, all, got... the album he's he's got a nice touch. With yeah. the uh, the stuff about the uh, financial stuff. Uh, I mean Ben Wallace who was on last week nailed it miles better with the lyric uh, watch while the credit system fucks you in the ass. Indeed. And on that bombshell, so It seems like Dave Milner, who was the bit of the drummer, was the like came up with that original riff and he posted that demo somewhere at some point. So hip priests, uh, thanks for for sharing that. It's quite nice. Um, have we heard from everyone? We've not heard from Tim yet, have we? Yeah, we have. Right, let's time for a vote then. M five or Mountain Energy, Pip. I'm going for M five. Nice. Max has gone for M five and Michael E has gone for Mountain Energy. I'm also going for M5. Um, Sean, which way are you going? Which one of these two brilliant tracks should go should go through to the competition? Christ, I didn't know this. I didn't know it was this kind of a show. I didn't know oh. I had to choose one or the other. Oh, it is. But you, oh, can, passengers. you can say none of the above. It's what you've uh, Can I go for the last song that that guy did? Yeah, yeah. You can have the, the Dave Milner demo. Yeah, I'm going to go with that, I think. That sounds like something Votel might have put out, so I'm going to go with that. It does, doesn't it? It's like, uh, not so much his vocals, but definitely the backing tracks got, got, got that nice. I, back yeah, I thought it sounded kind of... a, bit, a bit like Lee Hazelwood or something like that, kind of yeah. that sort of thing, background stuff. Fair enough. Alistair, which way are you going? Really oh, give me some energy. All right, and what about Tim? So he's given M5 one and a half and energy two. Oh, energy. You know what that does? That that brings it down um, to a vote, doesn't it? Ooh. Oh, I haven't voted. How about the Patreon voters? Has Ezra voted yet? I haven't. Oh, oh. he's cut. Go on, Ezra. That saved us from the... From the... <laughs> Go on. Uh, yeah, that, that Milner track was interesting, and I'm now wondering if um, the song on the album is credited to, like, the studio Milkman or something. Um, but I'm going to go for M5. Oh, hashtag nice. one. Yeah. yeah. All right. So M5 goes through. That mountain is nice, but uh, it's, it, I don't know. Like pretty much all of real new fall tracks went through to the second round, but I think a, a chunk of them might not make it to the to the third. So we're up against an early one here now from Perverted by Language, 1983. Hex and Definitive Strife Knots. Magic of Television. <laughs> Seamless. He's <It's>, disappeared. <laughs> this is the best gone? bit. Has he gone? You're spoiling it. We're back on. Yeah. Oh, I got it. It's a different. What happens if you get me up? Man, it's 
an hour definitive strife not yeah I'm, <clears throat> quite like this but i mean it's, it's the sort of era that I'm, I'm really into where you've got like two drummers going on again it's dead sparse is there any bass on this one comes in at the end comes in at the end yeah when it goes uh, on to the the strife not part in the last minute or so there's some bass comes in and I'm, I'm not great with, with lyrics uh i was getting wrong like but this is the one where it's uh don't mistake yourself uh, with someone who has something to say uh, which thought was like pretty witty line like but it's a, it can be a pretty witty writer but yeah do you like it do you like this era um so in my books it's a good one it's good walking music reminds me of sort of getting uh, piss wet three walking down the canal uh, sometime in about 1992 fair enough sean what about this gem didn't mind it actually didn't mind it had a kind of a like a country kind of jangle going on. Uh, I mean, there wasn't much. I kind of like the first sort of 30 seconds. thought it could have done with an actual song being thrown in instead of just that first 30 seconds. I, to be honest with you, I can't remember what, I can't remember how it finishes. If I, I, the list that you sent me, I listened to it on Monday. I've completely forgotten it all. Um, but I, I didn't mind it. I, I, actually, what the uh, thing you said before, Phil, it, that kind of sounded a bit like Lee Hazelwood to me. Um, and I, I, like like a bit of Lee Hazelwood, but it just had some fellow who's only like a frog croaking over the top of it. So <laughs> fair enough. Uh, Moody bells and it's got a nice loose uh, lazy riff for me. I like uh, the this grey wet sloth, and then the beat comes in uh, a nice minimal scratchy guitar. And um, yeah, like I, I get what you're saying, Al, about a, a walk in the rain. I think this this song actually like makes me feel like I'm going for a long walk in the rain. Um, and uh, not sure if we nearly need the strife not bit at the end. Um, I think Mez knows it too as he starts kind of shouting and trying to ham it up a little bit. But uh, there's some nice noises at the end. But first, um, first three minutes, the the, the um, hex and definitive part. Yeah, um, it does it does it for me. Tied up to posts, blindfold so you can't feel the maintenance kick back. Aren't you that thick death of the dimwits? Businessman hits train. His veiled sex sleeps through, seeps through management sloth. The journey takes one hour. Um, what does Tim think of this? So he's put a uh, real black magic mattress shit mumbled from the side of a burly functioning mouth on a grimy raincoated figure walking through Ardwick at 1.30. Conjures unwanted images and feels open and cavernous, but with zero visibility. I don't the muted string sounds and lyrically it's inspired the quiet entry of the bass guitar around the fourth minute mark is wonderful masterpiece what about uh, ezra masterpiece yeah i would say so actually you know like there's such a nice uh mood to this song and i think it's a mood that comes across on the album in general and for me it's a kind of mood of anxiety it, it, it's just like hangover rock, you know, like when you've been out and you've had far too much and the next day you're in that kind of like really ah, kind of frame of mind and then you have to go to work and all kinds of things will be seeping through your management sloth on the train. Um, yeah, it, I think it's fucking brilliant. And again, like going back to what Phil mentioned, it, it's this idea of the liminal space. It's almost like a kind of a, an interim purgatory be between the paradise of your your breakfast and the hell of your work, or vice versa, as it can be. Um, and from from uh, the uh, the the wonderful annotated fall, I have a Mark Fisher quote: "Social power depends upon hexes, restricted linguistic, gestural, and behavioral codes, which produce a sense of inferiority and enforce class." destiny and you know i mean we've spoken about uh william burroughs before and i really think that this is the main connection between smith and burroughs is more so than the like kind of cut up or collaged like uh ideas of the music and the lyrics in the fall and in burroughs's prose is this understanding of the power of language and using it 
in 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 the fall songs as a way to kind of reveal and comment on that i think is something that they have very very much in common with bill burroughs indeed i think what that quote you said is from memorex from the kraken uh the, the mark fisher essay which i think we're going to look at at some point hopefully um it takes grace to play the second fiddle well, scab-ridden psychog with a crusty knife. Um, Leon says it's just incredible. Basic but evocative Scanlan riff. Muddy Mez vocals downcast uh, with a scab-ridden psychog. Why uh, Max thinks uh, melancholy feel when the percussion and hats lagging behind as if recorded on the morning after Gram Friday. Seamless. Um, so beautiful stuff all in all. And it's up against something that was only ever done as a peel session, which is Mess of My uh, from 78. Mm. Let's have a listen to that. It's like you don't care what I think, isn't it? What you did this to me last week as well. Is it? Am I so forgettable to you? Is that how... Phil, what do you think of this song? <laughs> I I think it's... I love this. I think it's, it's really beautiful. Is that enough? Of... Have you said everything now? Moving on. <laughs> I Thanks, Phil. I was quite looking forward to listening to what Ezra had to say about this because I remember last time we waxing lyrical about it and he sort of swayed me quite a lot. I'm trying to remember what it came up against last time because I think I voted the opposite way. But um, I really love how it's how it's put together. All all the stuff Ezra was saying about Burroughs and, and witchcraft and all that kind of thing. It's it's I totally agree with. But it's it's such a I tell you what it reminds me. It reminds me of really early James stuff and the way that they used to construct stuff on stutter and things like that. Maybe that sort of Mancunian folk thing that was going on at the time. But yeah, I really love those things. It's great. Nice. It was up against Gutter the Quantifier, which um, it is a nice tune, but I don't think it holds a, a candle to to this one. It's a menace, a menace of the Hexen Hour. Um, I always remember it being on Hex Induction Hour because of the title, but it's not. Converted by language. But let's have a listen to Mess of My from 78. <laughs> Alrighty, alrighty. What about Timothy over there on the other side? Do you like this one? Uh, so he's put a prime slice of early fall in sort of kitchen sink drama form. Glimpses into terraced wreck. Nice arrangement for the era too, and the Peel version on the playlist is superb. Really good stuff, but it's not Hexen. It's not Hexen. You're right. Um, I think it's insulting that he says you get note of your choice, ladies and gentlemen, like he's given them freedom when you know full well that no one does anything in the fall unless Smith tells you to. <laughs> Um, keyboard stabs against the guitar, some spirited mez, drum fill intrigue, and a nice kind of breakdown B section. But but for me, it just it doesn't take off. It doesn't it doesn't do it. And uh, I don't like that phrase "mess of my." I don't know. I don't know something about it that irks me. Uh, inadequate writers, methadone stubbies. You get energy vampires, hands on the tranquilizers. The dream was about taking some terrorists out. You know bombs etc um apparently written by eric the ferret his player and uh mark riley going back to to the brilliant six music mark riley said this is his favorite fall song that he played on and he wants it played at his funeral if anyone can make that happen sean what did you make of this you mean you mean so he wants somebody to kill him that's what I was thinking. That's definitely what he's yeah, saying to me. Listen, <laughs> if you well, hear I mean, that, really. that's what you hear. Well, that's not what you know. I'm not saying that. I'm not. I'm not. Uh... He was definitely saying that. Mm-hmm. Well, he said it. Matt Riley said it. Not you know. I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming just, Brendan. Let's just say it's open to interpretation. Hey, Sean, you, you put Matt Riley on once, didn't you, in Wigan? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you know what? I met, I met him. I met him not that not that long ago when Dave was doing the uh, doing that Frank Sidebottom documentary because he interviewed mm. him for that. So right, uh, yeah. nice, lovely fella, actually, lovely fella, much nicer than uh, than Frank was. But there you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, do you know what? I didn't mind that track either that much either. Uh, I don't remember when I played it that it sounded that it reminded me as much of Helmet as it did when I played it on the proper speakers upstairs as it did on the phone it kind of sounded like it kind of reminded me of helmet like early helmet to me and just the repetition of the riff and we oh. just and it didn't do anything i mean it, i can't i can't remember the rest of the song but i presume it doesn't do anything uh which is why it's um, sounds it, it, it's one and as well it kind of reminded me a lightning bolt so they only have one riff so like a song starts off and like this is quite good but by the end of it i'm bored to tears with it uh, so I don't know. By the end of the song, maybe I would have been, you know, fiddling with me fingernails. Who knows? But I did the first thirty seconds. I can't. I kind of liked how it sounded. So uh, I haven't got anything deeper to say about it than that. But I don't know what the lyrics are about. It's probably just about I don't know, copping off with a bird or something. Who knows? It's actually, this is the, these are the lyrics. I'll read them for you now. I just copped off with a bird. She was a proper looker. Was she a goer? <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> she was a right goer. Those are the lyrics. Yeah. All right. No mention of Big Ange then. That comes a bit later, isn't it? Phil, <laughs> uh, what do you make a mess of mine? <laughs> um, I've just, I've just reflected on, on Sean's insights there for this song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so the funky stuff. I'm not as big a fan on. I think this is one of the better ones uh, from that early period. It's it's not my favourite stuff, but uh, I think Mark's performance is really good. I'm, I'm with you that it's his lyrics are not top form. There's some funny stuff going on in there, but it's it, it's not his best work. Um, and I I think it's it's all right. It's an all right tune. This, but it's it's not. Uh, it's it's not doing it for me today, I don't think. No, I think it, what what it might stand out is it's one of the first early long form ones that, like we say in past, they get eventually reach tempo house and things like that, where they're able to kind of sustain that interest. This is kind of one of the earliest times they do like a something sketch. like like a sketchy, like a like a like a first draft, if you will. But what does Ezra think? A mess of mine. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this one. I mean, for the early stuff, it's great. And it's got that kind of dilated uh, swing to it, which I think really, you know, for me personally, yeah, it really draws me into the song. Um, and yeah, you know, of course, we've got the, uh, the line where he's talking about cabbage and that kind of births a whole kind of um, lyrical DNA coming up through from there, you know, on into pumpkin soup and mashed potatoes, and finally arriving at systematic abuse with the same old potato. And so, yeah, like, um, again, I'm sorry I'm taking a lot off the annotated for today, but there's a marvellous Hegel <laughs> quote from, uh, it's from his Philosophy of Right, published 1820. So, some who are thought to be taking a profound view are heard to say, that everything turns upon the subject matter and that the form may be ignored. The business of any writer, and especially of the philosopher, is, as they say, to discover, utter and diffuse truth and adequate conceptions. In actual practice, this business usually consists in warming up and distributing on all sides the same old cabbage. Ooh. So there we have it. And... Um, to, to just refer back to, to the original lyrics, I remember the times this was a new beginning. No, sorry, I remember the times this was a beginning of a permissive new age, but it's the same old cabbage. And I like oh. songs which refer to vegetables. Indeed. It's, um, this this could have gone on Witch Trials, but they decided not to, and I think it was probably wise wise choice in the end. But um, it is a lost classic, but I've got a feeling it's not going much further in this competition. Alistair, what do you got to say for Mess of My? I kind of agree with what you, you're saying, uh, Brendan. It's not quite up to scratch. I mean, like the, I like the uh, the verse, the, the, like the dead repetitious riff, but I think the chorus really lets it down. But, you know, the, this, the stuff there, the, um, it's very kind of like embryonic fall sound. Um and it, I do quite like the way that you know it's this sort of like really long extended tom fills and stuff like that, which uh, again is just very sort of like 
typical of the witch, ta- uh, witch trials type uh, era. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. It's functional. Um, but it's, it's one of those that is probably one of the first that they, well, they dropped it from the LP, but probably one of the first that they dropped from uh, uh, the live set in favour of stronger songs that they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah indeed. So um, it's time to take a vote, votey vote. We've got uh, Hexen Definitive versus uh, Mess of My. Which way, Pip? Uh, I'm just looking at the invisible ones. He's cheating again, you know, with the score. The, uh, Go on. He's given Mess of Mine two and a half. And yeah. Hexen's 50. Whatever. Pretty sure that's not in the room. Which way, which way are you going? I went Hexen. Yeah, me too. Al? Uh, I'll go through Mess of Mine 2.5 and, and Hexen Death 50. FCOM 50. Sean, which way are you going? Probably a pair of cherries. Indeed. And uh, what about you, Ezra? <laughs> Life is strife. Isn't it? Goes Good through, doesn't it? Easy. Easy, easy days. Good times. Nah, I'll go with, I'll go with Hexen, actually. But only... only... Only slightly, because I actually didn't mind either of them. So I actually didn't hate either of them. But right. uh, I kind of like the I kind of like the country jangle of the Hexen. So fair enough. Good, good. So it's an easy, easy. It's a route, and um, both both our Patreon people went uh, with with Hexen in the end. Uh, easy. Um, all right. Last showdown of the evening. We got uh, Inevitable off Marshall Sweet, uh, which was what nineteen ninety nine, and then um, Xylothrip from two thousand and three. Let's have a listen to Inevitable. <laughs> Rigby? Yes. What do you think of the song Inevitable by The Fall? I love the way he sings Saturday. Everyone loves that bit. It's, it's to me, that's kind of one of the starts of him really starting to experiment with his voice a bit more, isn't it? It's uh, it's one of these kind of more uh, creative styles of singing. I, I like what Neville Wilding's doing on the guitar. Um, this I think this album's all a bit uh, experimental in its own way. And he's he's doing something a little bit different again, but I think it works. It's it's got a bit of um, uh, like you know when what was the song Prince did Raspberry Beret is it that sort of uh, pop psychedelia kind of feel to mm-hmm. it, um, which I think is nice, a bit unexpected, a bit trippy, which is good. Um, and I think it's it's Julian Nagel really who's the the standout on this this track. Um, it's it's a nice little pop tune. It is nice, as I'm wondering what Sean would think of it when you you talked earlier, Sean, about uh, a couple of the early ones being pretty mer and 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 bland. I think this takes takes that even further. What do you reckon to this track? I agree with what what year did you say that was? This is ninety nine, so a couple of years before that Mountain Energy one, and um, okay. a couple okay. of years after yeah, that I first thought it track. Complete pop that I thought it was an absolute pile of shit. Uh, it was him after he tasted some a modicum of success, and then it just all went to his head. And basically, he was in the studio. He said, "Anything that I do, it has to be louder than anything else that gets recorded." So his voice was droning absolutely everything out. Uh, yeah, I hated it. Good stuff, though, right? <laughs> no, not not <laughs> good at all. Uh, the opposite of good. Uh, I mean, it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Teardrop Explodes from 20 years earlier, but done with his voice being louder than every, all the rest of the instruments. That's, that's what it reminded me of. Uh, and I don't I don't particularly like Teardrop Explodes either. So, you know. Hope gets a kick in one of the other songs, but I'll put you down as a maybe. Um... Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I could be swayed uh, with money, probably. <laughs> Uh, Ezra, Ezra, what do you make of this track? Oh, I fucking love it. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, and, and the, the, the reason I think it's great is because I think it's fucking hilarious and it's just ridiculousness. I feel like they were trying to fucking record something that they could sell to like a drug awareness 
video to be shown in schools about the dangers of boshing ecstasy because the lyrics are just total fucking doggerel and he sounds like he's done about three pills and like half a bottle of whiskey and is just like Saturday yeah and and (laughs) you've got this kind of like paisley fucking psychedelia like kind of um keyboard line going on through it and just just like what is this nonsense it makes no sense whatsoever but you you've got to love it for what it is you know like a very ugly child that you've just given birth to yeah everyone loves the way he says saturday it made me think of uh, smith talked about his saturday routine which i always find was delightful where he would get up and he would he would smoke a few fags and listen to records for most of the day and then go to the pub it seems like a, a nice way to spend a Saturday. Um, funky size boots and cats keep it bouncing, says Max. Uh, um, cheeky Nagel's Keys, Loopy Bass. It's a quiet LP track, and I think it's sweet, but am I am I here for this? But um, I li- but I do like how it meamble, uh, meanders and ambles along, and I'd listen to that all day, and I think they could do this all day. I think this, this could just absolutely be the fall on autopilot for, like, they could do a 10-hour version of, of this track, and um, it's why so mild. Turn it up and distort it all, put it in the red, as I would say, is what I was thinking, but um, I like it. It's got its charm. What does... Um, what does Alistair think? Yeah, it's quite charming in its own way. Like you got like a, I really like the, the, the drums on it. Uh, even though it's, it's just dead simple, sort of like side keeping the, the, the rhythm, but there's like a bit of a dancey lilt to bits of it. Uh, you know, it's dead unfussy, dead sort of like spacious. Like the way that the uh, you know like Nagel synth keeps on coming in, dropping out um, again. It, it just sort of like really good timing, some nice structure there. I agree with Sean. Vocals too loud. Uh, but yeah, yeah, all the way through, you got a nice bass line holding it down. Uh, I think it's a, a fairly decent song, and it doesn't sound too much like a, a lot of other false stuff, really. Like, you know, it's, a, it's not a bad one. Sean can't believe it. He's 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 thinking, what's going on here? That I've just listened <laughs> to a piece, a pile of dog shit, and then all of these people are talking about how how brilliant it is with its funky nineties dance uh, dance stuff going on. <laughs> That's people for you. They all have their own opinions. Nobody listens to me. <laughs> shouldn't. Shouldn't do. What about Tim? He shouldn't. That's correct. He shouldn't. What does Tim think? Uh, he's always got a bit tired for this stuff, hasn't he? Really great track. I love the swagger of it. The cheap samples and that fat bouncing bass line. Maybe my favourite of the sort of skanky Perry things. There's magic in the vocal too. Really meaty in some undefinable way, even though it sounds weirdly processed. I could have happily taken an album of this. The overall production is dreadful, but in a good way. Yeah, Nagel, Nagel's, Marshall Sweet's Nagel's child, we know that, and um, she, uh, uh, it, it's definitely got her fingerprints, and uh, there's some charm there. Has everyone had a go now? Has everyone said something about that? Fair enough. So it, it's up against Xylothrope via MES off Real New Fall album 2003. <laughs> Vocal testaments of MES coming from the little town of Spec Master. Wow. Cash the eternal fork out to keep everything normal is well beyond the capacity. All monies will try and This is the focal of MES Locus and Indeed. Last song of the evening, Sean, you're up first as our esteemed guest. Surely this is an absolute classic. Does anybody know what the guy was talking about at the beginning? The, the sample? Because he, he What? Coco Baba. I thought he was asking for a Kit Kat. I think he was. I think he was <laughs> asking he was, for a I Kit thought, Kat. I thought that was what he was. I thought he was saying, where's my Kit Kat? Get me a fucking Kit Kat. Uh, you can't sing. I mean, you can't play. You've got to <laughs> yeah. Play. yeah, but... 
can you dip it in your in your brew? That's the most important thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, does the rest of the song do anything? Does nope. it just do that? Like, like Chairman Mao, just love the repetition. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it sounded like it was going to do something, but that doesn't, it's not necessarily always the case, is it, with the fall? Sometimes it just kind of gives up halfway through. They kind of layer it's progressively. Yeah. Okay. It, it layers oh, up yeah. bits and bobs, but it doesn't, it doesn't change. It doesn't, yeah, okay. All right. Uh, I mean, it wasn't as terrible as the last song. Uh, I mean, it was, I kind of liked a bit about the Kit Kat at the beginning. Made me think I actually need another cup of tea, if I'm being honest with you. So. Uh, so yeah, that's yeah. I think I think it's time for a brew. I think B- big T, big T's got their fingers into Smith finally, haven't they? What it's about a normal uh, size cup of tea? It's a normal um, size cup of tea. Nothing, you know. Not a liter cup. Uh, just a, a regular yeah. brewage. Yeah, yeah, you know. Wait a cup of so, tea. Uh, I, Can't yeah, be a fine thing. What I mean, it sounded like. I mean, it definitely sounded like the fall to me. What's, in as much as it, it's is again like it just kind of washed over me, uh, you know, and it's just sounded like Marky Smith. I've caught that, you know, and made me, think about Kit, made me think about Kit Kat, so it's probably a winner. Win win. What yeah. does um what does Tim think about this song? So uh Bang Baba Coco Baba, more magical maze, but this time delivered from a rotting rotting pulpit. Or maybe scratched into a table in some godforsaken pub. Whoever did the arrangement for these later RNFLP tracks deserves a medal. Uh, they're so beautifully orchestrated. This just builds and builds and then falls away. A second masterpiece of the day. Indeed, masterpiece. As Ezra, would you use that word? Yeah, it's definitely getting there. I mean, I like the Zyro Hotep or Hotep. Hotep, Hotep. Um, <laughs> I would like to know if there is that's an actual language or if it is just two rats arguing about a kit kat in the alley uh at the beginning of the uh, of the song that really um really concerns me the um the the authenticity or or lack thereof of uh, that but uh, yeah you know number 2 deploreth thy real god he mutters incomprehensibly still on job 1 with the lois the calibrator in a cave not yet invented or constructed. This is your vessel, EMS, or MES, <laughs> from he to you. This one, MES procured. Mountains, waters blocked by dormant tree. See later on this LP. He does another nice, somewhat redundant rhyme at the end of that as well. So, yeah, it, it's good. And like I say, it, it needles all the way through. It's um, definitely a contender for a Halloween triumph. Um, yeah, good, good, good. Indeed. And it's a list song and it's some great advice in there, such as avoid fat, aggressive men and handsome, aggressive men in conflict. They disappear overnight with bad back. Cod science, cod psychology is to be avoided, but do not make your enig noise public as it will bring the wrath of the druid quarters um but what about alistair yeah it was interesting what sean was saying before about uh it sounding a bit like lightning bolts uh, like with the other songs because that riff could be a lightning bolt riff if they played it twice as fast with a full-on bass drum thing and some sort of uh distorty shouting over the top of it uh but it's, it's like a fairly standard guitar riff that builds up uh and i like the the sort of gibberish at the beginning so yeah it's all right yeah nice nice um nice building up over the course of the song i i, I do <laughs> like it i like the 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 jittery nature of the track well for me it's the it's the lyrics that that stand out that make it worth a listen because it's some proper silly nonsense and um cash the eternal fork out this is the focal focal of mes locus and xyla xyla hotep avoid respectable television and respectable newspapers they have neither the talent of art or the instinctive snout of the media what about um what about tim and pip what does that tag team think well um i think i've already told you what uh, invisible stew said probably what? i uh I like this. I mean, it, it plays the things that I enjoy anyway, the sort of Cod Lovecraft vibe and that. It's, a, it's an exercise in intensity, the music, isn't it? Like uh, like everybody's already said, really. It's it's just uh, uh, creating momentum that Smithy just sort of waxes over. Uh, yeah, this is... Uh, this is a strong one on that album. Sweet, isn't it? Leon, two of my favourite things are number one, when Mez includes a list of things in a song, and number two, when Mez seems to cryptically be giving away some creative secrets. 
both are in this track and therefore it's top tier he's calling it and mark's last command is possibly how he, he addresses elaine's parents i un- always wondered what mark's wife's parents made of him he can turn on the charm but he is also various flavors of maniac um you can't beat a fall list song we all like the fast list list song so it is voting time i believe um which way are we going pip oh uh, last command for me yes okay sean which way are you going on these two I'm going to go for a Kit Kat. Guy, good, good. Oh, bah, bah, bah. Uh, Ding, bang, Ezra. bong. Ezra. <laughs> oh, if I was one of those cunty, like, kind of smash and grab DJs that does stuff like get the lyrics from a Wu-Tang track and puts them over the music to a Heinz Baked Beans advert, you know, I would take the music from Inevitable and the lyrics from The Last Commands and combine the two. Because I think then we'd have something that I would be well on the way to really fucking loving. Uh, but as it stands, I'll go with The, the Last Commands. Indeed, indeed. Can't do that kind of shenanigans. We're, we're not a mashup crew. We haven't, we haven't, those sample packs haven't even arrived yet. Bloody <laughs> hell. <laughs> Who else is t- Alistair? Have you told us? No, no, but <clears throat> I'll try and provide a bit of balance and go for inevitable. Contrarians in it, anyways. Our threat, Zala Quartet goes through, which means that um, Hex, whatever that one's called, goes through, and M5 as well. Brilliant. Sean, thanks for dropping by and. Uh, Given us your opinions on these uh, front-to-back classic fall tracks. All the classics, beginning to end. <laughs> That's what you said. Indeed. Well, uh, your opinions are appreciated, and I only hope if Bricks comes back, she's in a better mood. I doubt she'll be coming back. I really do. I don't think it was. I don't think it was the fawning that she expected from retail. <laughs> from my from my retail, anyway. Did, did you not like, offer her a Kit Kat? A, a Kit Kat. <laughs> no Kit Kat. No, no Kit Kat. Kit Kat is Nestle, isn't it? So you know. Yeah, bastards. Big what? Bastards. Panda juice. All right. Well, that's the end. See, bye okay. everyone. Uh, thanks, Sean. Bye, Hello. All right. See ya. See you later, bye. everyone. Bye. See you soon. See you later. Let's see if I can switch it off there this time. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a look at your job. Uh, you don't want to be looking at my balls in my pocket, do you? <laughs> Where are we? Brendan will be the judge of that. Uh, hang on. No. Oh.